மனநம் நிதித்தியாசனம் லிசன் ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் அண்ட் அப்சார்ப் டியர் லிஸ்னர்ஸ் சாய்ராம் அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு அவர் ரேடியோ சீரீஸ் இன் விச் அ டிவான் டிஸ்கோஸ் டெலிவர்ட் பை பகவான் இஸ் பிளேட் இன் ஸ்மால் பார்ட்ஸ் அண்ட் ஃபாலோயிங் ஈச் பார்ட் அ ஷார்ட் டிஸ்கஷன் இஸ் அண்டர்டேக்கன் டு ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் ஆன் த மெசேஜ் திஸ் சீரீஸ் இஸ் எ பார்ட் ஆஃப் ரேடியோ சாய்ஸ் தேர்ஸ்டே லைவ் ப்ராட்காஸ்ட் தட் கோஸ் ஆன் ஏர் அட் செவன் தேர்ட்டி பிஎம் on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 25th July 2013 and was hosted by Prem from Radio Sai and Hari Shankar from the Sri Satya Sai Central Trust. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1990. The clips played in this episode are from the discourse delivered on 23rd May 1990. Sairam to all listeners, welcome to yet another episode of Shravanam Mananam Nididhyasinam. And today, to give me company and to take this program forward, I have with me Brother Hari Shankar. Sairam Hari Sairam Prem and uh, on behalf of Hari and all others of Radio Sai and all the listeners I offer my most humble pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet We have completed four discourses of the 1990 Samakos series In the first discourse Swami spoke about Indian culture Sanskriti truth the relevance it has to our lives The second discourse and the third discourse Swami spoke about the human body and the purpose for which the human body is given and how keeping that purpose in mind you live this life and you take care of the body that was the second and the third discourse the fourth discourse Swami spoke about the other subtle instrument which is given that the senses so those were the four discourses which we went through today we will be going through the fifth discourse and this again uh, is a wonderful discourse just as every discourse of swami's is but in this discourse swami is continuing his message on the human senses so just reflecting it occurred to me the story of uh, of a self realized master a self realized guru mm-hmm. so once a devotee asked him like how did you get into this uh, state of self realization so he said in fact that it was because of his own guru that he got uh, self realization and it it is very surprising to know how this happened in fact his only uh, contact with that guru mm-hmm. was a fleeting maybe a 3 second or a 4 second interaction between them it happened that the guru was you know going out of his ashram or residence to some other place at that time he was uh, kind of you know standing on the by side and watching him go past the guru uh, looked at him and said to him words to the effect that you are nothing but the indestructible atma do not take yourself to be anything else mm-hmm. and he says that was sufficient and uh, this is a very puzzling thing you know like just that and he says uh, further that i thought to myself i reflected within myself that what did this guru stand to gain from what he told me if i attained something out of that out of those words what is it? he didn't stand to gain anything and therefore i trusted him completely and i took those words to be absolute truth 
and that is what got me to the state of realization and <clears throat> we have the sadguru himself as the guru and we have a treasure trove of discourses to listen from a treasure trove of wisdom in the form of his writings and just the thought you know that the all we need is faith in his words that implicit faith and it will take us there that itself is a very inspiring thought for absolutely. us absolutely in a couple of weeks back we were talking about the aspect of faith and we came to this conclusion how far we are from that absolute faith yes because one discourse should take us through not an entire discourse it's just yeah, exactly a, you know not even that one discourse just a statement yes just that first appellation that swami makes divyatma swarupalara beautiful exactly i think we should be through with you know whatever spiritual journey we want to yes but i think an entire life as they would say uh, you know in devotion it is said call out to the lord once mm-hmm. and he will respond yes but to call out to that lord in that one manner which the lord will respond yeah. it takes lifetimes of you know japam and dhyanam yes it takes and lifetimes to prepare you for calling calling out to the lord with that pining and with that yearning yeah i am a little partial to another interpretation where you know swami says life is a game played right so i like to think that uh, we already are the uh, divyatma swarupallara otherwise he would not be addressing us uh, in that way but it is a game that we are playing in imagining that you know there is somewhere to get so the entire game is this journey from what we think to be uh, say the jeevatma to that uh, paramatma right absolutely i think the deeper we go into it and that's what it is said you know in the path of inquiry it is said it takes less than a day's sincere inquiry hmm. to reach the ultimate wisdom hmm. it's just that none of us have that maybe that kind of sincerity to take a session of inquiry till the you know the just end maybe that's what the breaks it takes us lifetimes you know you take few minutes or few hours of inquiry and that takes yeah. lifetimes swami used to give that example of a pig that is uh, rolling in the say cesspool or mm-hmm. sewage water or in a muddy puddle and he would say you know our state is exactly like that of that pig we totally enjoy the time that we are having in that uh, puddle which is why we don't want we are not really looking for is there something beyond this is there anything better than this so till we get to that question like is this all there is is there something more that's when perhaps we'll move to the next level right so i think with this uh, short discussion we'll go on to the discourse i have uh, about seven or eight clips of this discourse maybe we'll take the first two this week so we'll start with the first clip which is about 9 minutes and let's listen to what swami is saying in this clip chitta sudhileni ritamanavulandu chitta sudhileni ritamanavulandu krodamacharamunu kudindu chikatintilona cherave gabbila chikatintilona cherave gabbila maruvabokudu itti manchi maata maruvabokudu maruvabokudu itti manchi maata 
ಚಿತ್ತಸುದ್ಧಿ ಲೇನಿ ರಿತಮಾನವುಲಂದು ಕ್ರೋಧ ಮಚ್ಚರ ಮುಲು ಕುಡಿಯುಂಡು ಚಿಕಟಿಂಟಿಲೋನ ಚೇರವೆಗ ಬಿಳ ಮರುವ ಬೋಕುಡು ಇಟ್ಟಿ ಮಂಚಿ ಮಾಟ ಮರುವ ಬೋಕುಡು ಇಟ್ಟಿ ಮಂಚಿ ಮಾಟ ಮರುವ ಬೋಕುಡು ಇಟ್ಟಿ ಮಂಚಿ ಮಾಟ ಇನ್ ಮೆನ್ ಹೂ ಡು ನಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಪ್ಯೂರಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ಹಾರ್ಟ್ ದೇ ಆರ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಸಬ್ಸ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಲೆಸ್ ಯೂಸ್ಲೆಸ್ ಮೆನ್ and in such people anger and vanity automatically collect and accumulate in a dark house would not bats infest this is a sweet word a good word do not forget about this chevula kevadu vinu shakti cherchenoi ಚೆವ್ವಡು ವಿನು ಶಕ್ತಿ ಚೇರ್ಚಿನೋಯಿ ಕನುಲ ಕೆವ್ವಡು ಇಚ್ಚೆನು ಕಾಂತಿರೇಕ ಅಟ್ಟಿ ವಾನಿನಿ ವೆತುಕುಟೇ ಅಟ್ಟಿ ವಾನಿನಿ ವೆತಿಕೆಡಿ ವಾಡೆ ನರುಡು ಅಟ್ಟಿ ವಾನಿನಿ ವೆತಿಕೆಡಿ ವಾರೆ ನರುಡು ವೆರಿ ಪರ್ಪಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಈಸ್ ಟು ಸರ್ಚ್ ಸಚ್ ಅನ್ ಹೂ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಮ್ಯಾನ್ ದೀಸ್ ಪವರ್ಸ್ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಸ್ವರೂಪುಲಾರ Embodiments of Divine Love Indri Nigrahami Vidyarthula Pradhana Adarsya The most important ideal which the student should set is Controlling of senses and conquering Vishay Sambhandamayana Bhoga Bhagyamulu Shashritamulu Kaavu Happiness associated with sense comforts, sensual enjoyment are not permanent ivi alpa sukhamu ananta dukkamunu andinchunu they confer petty joy and infinite sorrow indriyamula kante indriyarthamulu mahabalamainatundi more than the sense organ itself the sense objects are very powerful aviye sabda sparsha roopa rasa gandhamulu those are sound touch form taste and smell ee indriyamulo annintikini moolamainatundi vaaku of all the sense organs the most important one is the power of talking vaakunu jeinchina anni indriyamulu kuda nu jeinchinatte avutundi if one can conquer one's talking one would have conquered every other sense organ tinuta mataruta ee rendu kudanu notitho jarige twenty panalu there are two functions performed by mouth one is for taking eating 
and the other is talking. Vitine, ahara, vyahara, manuvani, kudanu, pilchos, tochas. These are also described as food and habit. Ye rendintini, ye manavudu, jainchino, atti manavani yoka tattamu, divyatthamayani tunti yoka, manas tattamu nandu lena mautundi. Whichever man conquers these two would have attained divinity itself. Appatinundi matalu sthambinchi manasu matavutaku prayatnistundi. Then the external talk is controlled, but the mind also still <coughs> wishes to talk. Manasu yak nurunu moyinche nimittamai. One has to awaken the intelligence and intellect to control the mind's tendency to talk. Kramamuga, Buddhiki Buddhi Jeppi, our Buddhini Atmavai Pramarajitaku, Tegana Krishti Yali. The next step would be to give a proper advice to the intelligence and turn it towards Atma. Vaku Manasunandu, Manasu Buddhiyandu. Buddhi Atmasanidini Cherry twenty Upayame Sakramanikunti Sadhana. The secret and the proper way is to merge the word into the mind and the mind into the intelligence and intelligence in the Atma. Itti Sakramanikunti Rajabata Vundi Vudanu Manavudu Bhautikamena Bhoga Bhagyamaluk Lobadi E Pavitramena Margamanu Vismarinchi Kevalamu Dukkahetuvayana twenty Although such a noble sacred path is available for man, swayed by the temptations of the worldly life, he undertakes the wrong path and suffers therefrom. No one seems to be inquiring as to what is the basis of all these sense organs. No one is making an effort to find out what is it that is really enjoying all these sense enjoyments. Bahya Prapanchamanaku, Antar Jagatuku, Abhinabhava Samadamunadanitivishyamu, Vidyatulu Gurtin Chali. Students will have to recognize that there is a mutual relationship between the external world and the inner world. Ahara Nichuchi Anandin Chedi. The one which enjoys the food, the one which drinks the beauty, the one which sees and makes fun of things which are seen, who enjoys all this? Is it the sense organs? Is it the body? Or is it Arsha? It is not the body at all. Certainly it is not the sense organs. It is this principle of Atma which causes everything else to function which is enjoying these things. This is the very basis for the external world and the inner world. Manamu, Lachiman and Dunskuna Pude, Y Anitimo, Asasmo, Asatiman Kuntioka, De Hendrium Luka Brabamu, Manapani Yematram Kudanu, Tela Incho. Once we realize 
that atma is the very basis and beginning of everything then sense organs cannot have much of impact and influence on us so that your listeners was the first clip and swami starts with a beautiful padyam even in this discourse a very powerful analogy swami draws between you know uh, where he says in a dark house or a dark den yeah you have these bats uh, infesting it yes and similarly swami is making this devoid of purity in the worthless men's hearts devoid of purity hmm. abide the vices of anger and envy yes i think it's quite obvious swami is equating darkness with ignorance because generally if you look at qualities like anger and envy or jealousy that comes out of this stem from a basalization of fear yes right and fear Precisely. is born from ignorance from ignorance so i mean say all fear comes out of duality yes when you when you believe that you are not the one who is already possessing something you want to possess right so i uh, one uh, way of looking at this is like uh, if you look at our minds there's there's a part of it which we are conscious of and the last part of part of it which stays like unconscious so darkness i would say refers to this part like in many senses it is at the root of the things we do the things we say mm-hmm. you know why we do certain things why we don't do certain things etc okay we are not aware as to how these actually the unconscious is where these strings are mm-hmm. so this is the the effort that we need to make is to use you know like shine the torch light of maybe shown by a guru or his words on these areas which are unlit as of now and that will show up for us you know different what what are our motivations for certain things you're totally not conscious about it right if you look at the kind of person you are you know the kind of thoughts the kind of emotions the kind of reactions you have to certain things where are they born out of like in america they have a nice way of putting it they yeah. ask you uh, where are you coming from you know mm. where is this coming from which is actually a wonderful question in that sense these words when uh, swami says in the worthless he use the word worthless and as uh, the translator also says useless in fact socrates says uh, a life not examined examined is not a life worth living <laughs> so uh, this is what uh, you know many divine masters have pointed out that we live life on automatic like why don't we take some time to reflect on you know where do our actions come from where do our thoughts come from right and, and you know i'm quite uh, every time i come across this word purity and mm. even when uh, the process of going through the spiritual process is called the process of chitta shuddhi attaining chitta shuddhi chitta shuddhi and interestingly they don't say it's transformation mm. it is purity because yeah. it is actually shedding of what is not you exactly it's like scraping of right, the as rust. you said in the beginning you're not becoming something or you're not reaching somewhere yeah you're just shedding what is not yours and you're purifying yourself like if you're going to purify a chemical substance hmm. you're going to increase the concentration of what is the substance yes. and remove what is not the substance not the substance yes and that's what sami is saying that you know that which is devoid of purity when sami says purity unity hmm. and divinity it is that purity it's not necessarily purity as we understand it sometimes yes it's that purity of you know being the true self that you are yes which has been as you said no covered over by something else or you know as swami used to put it it's like gold which has been some impurities have got mixed right. in it so the entire process of uh, separating the gold from the impurities right. so the, the other energy which swami gives is that of burning embers mm. the wind just 
makes the embers glow the fire is within the embers it's not like the wind brings the fire into the coal or anything like that it just removes the ash which is not you know the burning ember yes the next part of the poem it deals with you know swami says he alone is a man who seeks the one who in the sense gives the ears the power to hear and gives his eyes the power of sight and uh, when he says who seeks the one the question arises is this one outside of us or inside of us and i think the rest of the discourse is like it will kind of lead us to where is the so called the one where is he located and uh, you know it again goes back to that uh, couple of discourse back swami was saying today all of you are akara manavdu hmm. like, you know you are humans only in form form hmm. that's what swami is saying it's not like just hearing and seeing is not making you a man but you become a man when you ask why am i hearing and why am i seeing oh wonderful who's making me hear and who's making me see yeah i i can see that this discourse is sort of moving on from uh, the uh, previous themes like swami till then he was talking about identification with the body right uh, or identification with the senses as such so now he is really moving on to saying like even identification with mind uh it looks like swami is right. you know sort of left off from there and now he is taking on identify the next aspect uh of not of who we not are right so that uh, it we are coming really to the mind out here and so the first apparatus swami picks <coughs> up is the tongue <laughs> yes and the tongue has come in for a lot of in <laughs> <laughs> quite a profound one because swami starts and swami makes the statement very clearly that anybody who's managed to control or uh, subjugate the tongue yes is actually conquered all the senses yeah this is actually precisely where i see him making that break you know so he says the tongue is two important functions so eating and talking right so uh, so eating of course we have kind of dealt with earlier when he says sealing on desires right uh, or control of the senses that is something we are we have uh, swami rather has already dealt with in the previous uh, discourses that we discussed now he comes to talking mm mm-hmm. and uh, he distinguishes uh, you know even when the tongue stops talking there's a mind that right. starts its uh, chatter and uh, you know like this is the kind of this is a where he breaks off from <laughs> like i feel from the mm-hmm. senses on to just the level of the mind and uh, it brings to mind one really uh, beautiful uh, saying like there's this group of uh, monks at a particular monastery and uh, they maintain absolute silence that is their sadhana they okay. maintain absolute silence and there is only one rule there is only one occasion when you can speak can you guess what it is there is just one rule there is only one occasion when you can speak and that occasion they say you are justified to speak only if it improves the silence oh <laughs> it's it sounds very paradoxical but right. speak only if you can improve the silence so this is what swami is uh, saying that even when we speak that speech it should not be the, you know the usual the way we speak is not rigorous we talk in terms of anecdotes we describe something that happened during the day total gibberish swami is talking about deliberate use of uh, speech in order to improve our own lot our own understanding of who we are so speak only if you can improve the silence right man that's quite profound and you know when swami is saying this when the tongue stops talking the mind starts chatting yes i think you can anybody can experience this you just try to do a maun vratam of one or two days hmm. you would see that you know many times uh, 
somehow that's something which I've tried and I've really failed because you can keep quiet, but you can't keep your mind quiet. Yes. Because the more you stop talking, unless you've you know mastered the art of the way Swami wants you to keep maunam, it does happen. You know, the more you stop talking physically, the more your mind will talk. I think what Swami is saying here is the silencing starts from the subtler level. Precisely. You know, maybe it is a good uh, discipline to start from the physical level also. But Swami is saying that unless the subtler aspect, the mind is not silenced, you will not be having the right kind of silence even physically. Yes. And in fact, it does, uh, you know, pay to sort of give attention to what is that conversation that is happening within the mind. Right. If you really look at it, that that is the genesis of who we think we are. You know, that entire personality of who we are is entirely constituted in that conversation. We never realize it. So, uh, if you actually, uh, if you are able to pay attention to some of these thoughts that are floating around in your mind or as reaction to certain, strong strong reactions to certain situations, you will notice they consist of thoughts like, you know, am I being loved? Am I being respected in this situation? Or am I good enough to do such a task? They consist of certain conversations like, uh, I am alone in this world. I am a small, you know, something, a very small being in this world. And all all our actions completely flow from that. So, it really pays, uh, you know, to think about, you know, what, I mean, rather to watch what kind of thoughts are going on in our mind. In addition to, the, of course, there will be a flurry of different kind of thoughts, but the ones that are right at, right at the back, you know, of everything that we think everything that we speak and look at what Swami says next to control the mind's prattling the intellect has to be awakened now here actually uh, you know there is a difference in the way the West thinks about intellect and the way we think uh, in Indian philosophy uh, we think about intellect Okay. in the West the intellect is, is like a mental faculty Mm-hmm. Like when you say an intellectual, you're talking about someone who uses right. his mind, you know, for a literary pursuit or a philosophical pursuit. So he's using his mental faculty. Mm-hmm. So here we are disti- distinguishing what they call as the apparatus of the atma or of the being. Okay. Like in Indian philosophy, we are talking about four uh, aspects of the mind. Four aspects, not of the mind itself, the entire apparatus who, which we refer to as the being. Okay. So. Other than the body, of course, at the subtler level, we are talking about... So, the first level is called the manas, which is what here Swami is referring to as the mind. So, it is the first sort of layer that appears after the senses. So, it is the sensory, you know, the first... uh, It it is the realm of uh, our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts of an emotional nature. So, that is the first layer. It it is sort of the first reaction that comes from the sensory inputs. You look at something, it causes fear, it causes happiness, it causes jealousy. Uh, This is the realm of the manas. Right? And next we have buddhi, which is the discriminative. Exactly. So, the discriminative faculty. This is where we inquire about things. This is where we decide, like, is this the right course of action of all? Like, I would distinguish it by saying that, our first thoughts, our first impulses, if we were to act on them, just <laughs> imagine the kind of chaos it would bring to the world. So, luckily we are endowed with something called the buddhi, the intellect, which allows us to discriminate on what's the next course of action. Uh, the next part of the apparatus is called the chitta. Right. So, chitta is like, you know, the where the kind of the impressions, uh, you can… The hard disk where <laughs> all impressions and all… Precisely. 
all of the impressions from yeah pretty much all the lives we kind of carry and this is like the primary engine which which drives all that happens in the manas and the buddhi right this is the source of uh, that and even behind this uh, just a layer behind the chitta is what we call the ahankara the very reason why the chitta itself arises because of the feeling of i which is what we call as ahankara the fact that i am a distinct person so i am an object in this world right, right? in feeling of individualized ha huh, the feeling that i am a separate i am an individual you know consisting of this body and this mind so th- because of this we have something called the chitta this because of this things that supposedly events that supposedly happen to a particular individual they give rise to feelings and they get recorded in the chitta so this they say is what is the individual the individual consists of these things even the body they say arises in the mind right why i thought we'll distinguish is this like we should be very clear as to what uh, we are talking about so we might confuse that you know mind is also something you know part it's generated by the thoughts but then so is the buddhi but the kind of thoughts that flow in the mind and the kind of thoughts that flow in the buddhi are entirely different they are of different nature one is reactive and the other is discriminative it is inquiring that is what we have to distinguish before we right you know continue the, the beautiful analogy which ami gave in the previous discourse it was there hmm. so ami is given in so many ways but especially explaining these aspects of the mind great you now swami says the senses are the horses of the chariot hmm. the manas is the reins it holds the reins you know whoever pulls stronger it will come towards that side Uh-huh. Okay. okay and the intellect is the charioteer right right okay. okay and swami says the strength of the charioteer huh. depends on the chitta chitta okay okay so the more sadhana you do your chitta becomes purer Wonderful. your intellect becomes stronger the manas is more under control and eventually even the senses are under control right so swami says the more this chitta is populated and you know it stress from its natural state mm. the buddhi loses its power you listen lesser to your conscience actually even as you're giving me this analogy what what is running through my mind is i spent the last few minutes actually you know trying to give a theory of what is the manas what is the buddhi chitta ahankara and i just realized the power of a guru who knows Absolutely. to put this in such a beautiful analogy and nobody needs to really ponder over you know what is what is manas buddhi chitta chitta ahankara it this is a great example really a great uh, contribution yeah that's the thing actually because swami is going on telling and hmm. if, if uh, as we going to go through this discourse yes swami is going to say why it is important not to control the senses that as a task and what what is actually required from our part to do yeah. to effectively control the senses right and that's why swami is going to bring in the aspect of the intellect and the aspect of turning towards the atma and where in the next paragraph here swami is saying that you know you have to inquire who is enjoying yes that is a question instead of just enjoying just ask yourself who is enjoying and who wants yeah uh, actually just before that he is even uh, talking about you know how uh, what needs to be done he says the intellect has to be awakened and here something he says you need to merge the vak the faculty of speech in the mind and then the mind in the intellect and finally the intellect in the atma itself right so actually what we are talking about is uh, as you were saying you know much uh, a lot of what we think a lot of what we say has entirely to do with the 
immediate you know the enjoyment of senses the swami is like kind of saying like just you know step back a little and discriminate as to whether there's something beyond that as you are talking about like a pig right. which is you know enjoying the coolness of muddy water the dirty water so is there something beyond this so once that enquiry starts he's saying the intellect is now turning away from the world and turning inwards uh, towards the atma itself the source of uh, everything after that what happens so do we stop speaking no we don't stop speaking so we actually continue to speak we actually continue to think but what we speak what we think and what we act are now consistent with the atma itself not the individual so the individual has certain ways of thinking it thinks for itself it is selfish whereas the atma tends to think you know for the entire uh, for the entire uh, world as we say samasta loka sukhi no bhavantu is not a is not something that originates from an individual right it is a declaration that uh, originates at the level of the atma itself because we as human beings as individuals who will we think for will think for ourselves maybe our immediate family but uh, at the level of the atma so uh, will we continue to speak yes will we continue to act yes but where will these originate from instead of originating from the manas or the buddhi or the chitta it will come straight from the atma which is what uh, we saw in swami every act every word of his it's originated from that source so this is we have to provide a clear channel you know right. from and you know put a filter in every stage uh-huh. you know before the senses as from even even the previous discourse from he starts with the senses the nature of the senses is to go outward hmm like you know nobody is asking you to change the nature of the senses yes but you know put a filter between the senses and your thinking be- between your thinking and your action hmm. so that you filter out and see what is necessary to be done and you know uh, what swami is essentially saying here yeah was encapsulated in a answer which swami gave somebody hmm why did arjuna actually earn the merit of receiving the bhagavad gita hmm. you know in that very battlefield there was stalwarts you know there was yudhishthira hmm. who was supposed to be a man of great uh, uh, intellect yeah. there was bhishma and there was dronacharya and there were so many of those brilliant individuals giants. of that time giants of okay, that time and yeah. why did arjuna get that opportunity of receiving gita and swami says hmm. that arjuna had purvatap mm-hmm. yudhishthira had paschatap okay which means he would you know uh, reflect after he does the action right but arjuna though his you know fear and his confusion was out of his ignorance right he actually went through this process of inquiry before he acted wonderful wonderful yeah and swami said that was the important thing that was why he qualified to receive bhagavad gita yeah they say you know they kind of classify people into two types like those who uh, think twice before they act and some who act twice before they think so <laughs> <laughs> really absolutely and again of course we mentioned that swami see, uh, the next point swami makes is like you know and uh, specifically swami says students yes should recognize that there is an intimate relationship between the external world and the internal world hmm yeah yat bhavam tad bhavati is uh, uh, oft repeated uh, right and i think you know if i just go through this when swami is going on repeating this for students hmm. it kind of reflects in that indian culture indian uh, way of the four varnas of life hmm. i mean i'm sorry the four stages, stages of life stages of life yes like you say the brahmascharya and you know it is like you take all the theory even when you are in that student stage yeah 
okay and the rest of the solidification of that knowledge will happen through experience through the various other varnas which you yes. have and that is what swami is emphasizing here you know swami is giving us all this data and he's saying this is all as your students you remember this remember there's a connect between the internal and the external In remember fact, uh, the senses as as a number of discourses i remember during uh, when i was a student at that time swami used to keep emphasizing be clear and the rest will the rest follow, will follow. and i think that is what it is like when you are mentioning purva tapa or nature of uh, arjuna that is what it you know before we take up something or like in that uh, so many in between all those thoughts that collide <coughs> if we can use the intellect to kind of uh, discriminate as to what should we do next and that uh, clarity will lead the best results to follow our intentions get easily translated into action Uh, and i remember you know talking about the intellect and talking about the inner voice in one of the awareness classes in the university somebody hmm. asked you know it's just like a phone line it's like right. an instrument for communication yes so what is the first and foremost important thing you have to do to keep that connection running right he said you have to keep using it keep using it yeah <laughs> you know that's when you will know that it is live and it's working for any instrument you know as long as you keep using it as long as you put it to use regularly it will be in the best condition possible right so i think that's the same with the intellect too so okay. i think that's pretty much what swami is saying in this clip uh, we'll go to the next clip in the discourse that's again about 9 minutes annintikante pradhanamaintundi indriyamu jiva naluka the sense organ which is very important compared to all the sense organs is tongue ee okka danini manam vasam cheskunte సర్వేంద్రియములు కూడా నువ్వు సులభంగా మనకు వశమైపోతాయి ఇఫ్ యూ కెన్ కంట్రోల్ దిస్ యూ హావ్ కంట్రోల్ ఎవ్రీ అదర్ సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్ ఈ ఇంద్రియములను అశ్వములతో పోల్చుకున్నారు కఠోపనిషత్ ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ హావ్ బీన్ కంపేర్ టు ఎ హార్స్ ఇక్కడ అశ్వము యొక్క విషయాన్ని ఆదర్శంగా మనం తీసుకుంటే జిహ్వకు అశ్వమునకు ఉండినటువంటి సన్నిహిత సంబంధ బాంధవ్యం మనకు అర్థమవుతుంది one can easily appreciate the type of similarity that exists between the tongue and the horse if one tries to analyze the similarities between them chakkaga pushtiga veegamuga parigettetunti asyam undochu there could be a horse which is very strong which can run fast kaani atti veegamuto parigettetunti asyam undinappadikini oka chinna inapa mukkanu దాని నోటి ఎందు చేర్చి కళ్ళముగా భావించి దానిని బిగబెట్టినప్పుడు యావత్ శరీరమంతా కూడా వశమైపోతుంది బట్ వన్స్ యూ యూ కెన్ యూజ్ ఎ స్మాల్ పీస్ ఆఫ్ ఐరన్ అండ్ కంట్రోల్ ది ఎంటైర్ హాస్ బై పులింగ్ ఇట్ ఈ ఒక్క చిన్న కళ్ళమే ఇంత బలమైన వేగంతో కూడినటువంటి అశ్వాన్ని ఏ విధంగా దానిని అరికట్టగలుగుతుంది such a small iron piece can control a very powerful strong hasamanaku nore pradhanam for the horse mouth is important danini arikattinappudu ashwamanta vasamaipothundi once you control its mouth you would have controlled the entire horse kanuka ee panchendriyamini ashwamanaku nore pradhanam anipettadi among all the five sense organs mouth is important oka chinna chukkani valla ఎంత తుఫాను వచ్చినప్పటికీ మనం పడవను సంరక్షించుకోవచ్చు వెన్ యు ఆర్ ట్రావెలింగ్ ఇన్ ఎ షిప్ 
with the help of the index you will be able to just control your own and have a same thing agni kanama cheta enta agni nenu kuda manam abhruddhi gavinchukovachu with a small quantity of fire you can make it into a very big raising fire vaakku anetundi oka agni kanamu antidi the world may be compared to the power of fire ee kanamunu enni vidhamlaina pratiritiga kudanu mana vasam chesukodaniki tagina krushi cheyavachu we can make use of this power of speech and achieve many things kanuka vaakunu mana vasam chesukunte jagatune vasam chesukunna varam avtam once you control the talk you would have control the world itself ee vaakku cheta ఎంతటి ఘనకార్యమైనను చేయవచ్చును ఎంతటి హీనకార్యమైనను చేయవచ్చు బై ప్రాపర్ స్పీచ్ యు కెన్ అచీవ్ ఎనిథింగ్ బై ఇంప్రాపర్ స్పీచ్ యు కెన్ ఆల్సో అచీవ్ మీ వాక్యే ఆశీర్వాదములు అందించుతుంది దూషణను చేకూర్చుతుంది వరల్డ్ కుడ్ బి యూజ్ టు బ్లెస్ ఆర్ టు కర్స్ కనుక ఈ జిఫెను కూడా జయదేవుడు చాలా గొప్పగా భావిస్తూ వచ్చాడు దట్ ఈస్ ది రీజన్ వై జయదేవ్ ఆర్ డిస్క్రైబ్ దిస్ టంగ్ ఇన్ గ్లోరియస్ టర్మ్స్ మధుర ప్రియవర్ణయాథ మధురాక్షరణీ గోవింద దామోదర మాధవేతి ఓ రసమెరిగినటువంటి నాలుక ఓ పవిత్రమైనటువంటి నాలుక సున్నితమైనటువంటి మధుర భాషలో ఆడేటువంటి నాలుక నీవు అనవసరమైన మాటల్లో ప్రవేశించక మధురమైన అతి గాఢమైనటువంటి యొక్క ఆనందం అందించేటువంటి రామనామస్మరణ చేయమని గోవింద నామస్మరణ చేయమని బోధిస్తూ వచ్చాడు the sweet name of govinda and sanctify yourself kalu jarite kalugadu nashtam naluka jarite narakamera anna if there is a slip of the leg you can you may not be hurt much ee naluka durviniyogam chesinappudu hudayanni entaina gayaparustundi if there is a slip of tongue it can hurt and harm any other person ee gayamunu maanpetundi doctorlu jagatnandu kanadaru it will be impossible to undo what has already been done by harming and hurting ee indriya vishayamulato cherinappudu anantamainatti aanandanni anantamaina dukkhanni kuda nu andistundi when the sense organs are associated with the mind it can give you a lot of joy or it can give you a lot of ee indriyamulu ikkada untunnayi here are the sense organs ninne evaro baita dooshistunnaru someone is criticizing you ee dooshana anetunti vishayam baita untundadi this criticism is external ni indriyam ikkada untunnayi these sense organs are inside kaani aayaka dushanane vishayam indriyamuto cherakunda undinanta varaku kudanu nee em aatram kudanu vikaram pondavu until the criticism comes in contact with the appropriate sense organ you do not get any bad feeling at all aa vishayaniki avakasam andinchavu there is no need for any upset padavu you do not be angry kaani aa vishayame nee yokka chevulaku cherchin cherinappudu నీవు ఎంతైనా ఉద్రేకం చేతను క్రోధం చేతను ఆవేశంతో నిండిపోతావు వన్ సచ్ క్రిటిసైజింగ్ వర్డ్స్ రీచ్ యువర్ ఇయర్స్ 
the sense organ comes in contact with the criticism you are hurt what is the reason for this kind of excitement until the sense objects come in contact with the sense organs there is no room for any excitement at all but once they come in contact there is room for either joy or sorrow adhe oka maraku margamlo mana vicharana chesinappudu ninnu baita evaro chaala varnistunnaru neevu chaala manchi vaadu gunavantudani ninnu aneka vidhamuga stotram chestunnaru the same thing could be viewed in a different way there is some person who is describing you in glorious terms adi vinananta varaku kuda nu neeku etti aanandam kaani athane paina etti prema kaani neeku aavirbhavinchadu until you hear such kind of praise you will not get any feeling of love aa vishayame ni indriyamulu sokinappudu neevu entaina aanandamato athanni aneka vidhamuluga kuda nu premisthavu the moment the such praise comes in contact with your ear and hear it and then you start loving him ee premaku deshamunaku kaaranam emiti what is the cause for this kind of love or hate sambandhame deeniki moola kaaranam it is the coming together of the sense organ with the sense organ vishayamulunu kontha varaku nu duram pettinappude indriyamulu prashanthamaina jeevithanni pondagalugutayi the sense organs will enjoy peace if the sense objects are kept ee vishayamulu rendu kuda nu cherinappudikini neevu samanamaya bhavani neevu అభివృద్ధి గావించుకున్నప్పుడు ఎట్టి వికారములు నీవు పొందలేవు ఈవెన్ ఇఫ్ ది సెన్స్ ఆబ్జెక్ట్ కమ్స్ ఇన్ కాంటాక్ట్ విత్ ద సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్ ఇఫ్ యు హావ్ డెవలప్డ్ ఎన్ ఈక్వల్ ఇన్ అస్ మైండ్ దెన్ యు విల్ నాట్ బి హర్ట్ ఆర్ అఫెక్టెడ్ బై ఎనీ సచ్ థింగ్ కనుక ఇంద్రియములను అరికట్టడం అంటే అంత సులభమైనటువంటి మార్గం కాదు ఇట్ ఇస్ నాట్ సో ఈజీ టు కంట్రోల్ ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్ సమన్వయపరచుకోవడం అతి సులభ మార్గం ఇట్ ఇస్ ఈజీ టు డెవలప్ ఈక్వల్ మైండెడ్నెస్ ఈ ఉద్రేకమునకు ఈ ఉల్లాసమునకు రెండింటికి కొంగక కొంగక సమత్వం భావించేటువంటి యొక్క విచారణ నీవు చేయాలి యూ హ్యావ్ టు ఎన్క్వైర్ అండ్ బ్రింగ్ అబౌట్ ఎ స్టేట్ ఆఫ్ మైండ్ విచ్ ఈస్ ఈక్వల్ మైండెడ్నెస్ ఇంద్రియములు కాదు యుఆర్ నాట్ సెన్స్ నేను దేహములు కాదు ఐఎమ్ ఆల్సో నాట్ ఫిజికల్ బాడీ నేను నిరంతర ఆనంద స్వరూపుడైనటువంటి ఆత్మనే ఐఎమ్ ఆత్మ ద ఎంబాడిమెంట్ అనేటువంటి విశ్వాసాన్ని మనం బలపరచుకున్నప్పుడే ఈ ఇంద్రియం యొక్క బాధలు మనకు దూరం కాగలవు స్ట్రెంగ్త్ ఆన్ దిస్ కైండ్ ఆఫ్ ఫెయిత్ ఇన్ యువర్ సెల్ఫ్ దెన్ సెన్సెస్ అండ్ సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ విల్ నాట్ బాదర్ యూ అండ్ హర్ట్ యూ ఈ యొక్క నిరంతరమైన యొక్క విచారణ చేతనే మానవత్వాన్ని పవిత్రమైన మార్గంలో ప్రవేశపెట్టి దివ్యమైనటువంటి పెన్నిధిని సన్నిధిని మనం పొందవచ్చు కాన్స్టెంట్ థింకింగ్ దట్ యువర్ ఆత్మ would be able to give you a lot of joy and sanctify your life and also take you to divinity Yeah. Yes, sir. There Swami is again going into in detail about the sense organ of the tongue. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impacted by the, uh, what Swami says because uh, you can see that uh, he, he's saying that the tongue is literally the key to, you know, the mastery to all other uh, sense organs. He's holding that as a primary sense. Right. And uh, uh, like earlier he said, you know, the uh, when Swami was liking, likening the sense organs to a the horses and swami is saying here that you can bridle the horse you can control <laughs> the horse and where do you uh, set the bridle is in the mouth in it's the a very mouth. powerful you know, beautiful analogy and beautiful amazing. parallel there yes in fact it, it reminds me of something uh, i heard you know from someone he says our life goes the way we say it does <laughs> only that we have forgotten who said it <laughs> okay
you know like uh, many instances you know people came to swami and they say swami you are going through this you are going through that and swami will you you know please uh, with your grace can we come out of it and swami used to say look i am not the one who is causing this sorrow or pain in your life i am merely the witness then who he says you are the one who is causing this pain to yourself and uh, we see here you know like th- this uh, statement our, our life goes exactly the way we said it would <laughs> only we have forgotten that we have we said, have said it. it yeah and fact, you know just uh, before you go forward before yeah. we carry on from that point because yeah. it's a very strong point that you made and i'm reminded of a incident which happened you know swami had given an interview to a set of youngsters hmm. a devotee group there swami did this little drama or whatever hmm. swami at one point pleaded with that group you know hmm. do whatever you're doing whether you follow me you don't follow me right do this one thing swami said i beg of you do this one thing hmm. never talk ill of swami oh that's so profound swami okay. said never talk ill of swami whatever happens whatever yeah. situation in your life don't blame swami yeah and swami said i'm pleading with you because it is not good for you it's not good for you exactly swami that, said that's... it's not good for you and the way swami said it yeah. the person who was there in that interview was sharing sharing with me huh. it was almost like you know i'm helpless if you do that yes that's really so moving because i i, I mean even as you're saying it it immediately struck me see swami is not one who will be moved or you know affected by right. any calamity praise or blame yeah praise or blame so the only reason he said he begged so much it really got to me that he is doing it for that for the right. sake of that person great so uh, again it comes back to like uh, life goes by what you say <laughs> yeah and also yeah like here is one thing you know like we have to understand like uh, swami's essentially our atma and swami they're not really different right. who we are and swami they're not different and when when you speak ill of swami you you're using your words to literally cut yourself from your source it is like if you can imagine that you are a fan and you just plugged yourself out of the power source if that kind of thing happens you can imagine the fan will run for some time <laughs> to all appearances but it will stop after a while Beautiful. in fact just this evening i came across a small padyam which swami says hmm. very beautiful swami says having the light inside you hmm. having a lamp at home right. does it make sense going in search of light to the neighbor's house to the neighbor's house okay. yeah. then somebody says having god within you yeah maligning god doesn't it mean that you're cutting yourself from your own self yeah that that's <laughs> precisely what you're doing right really and uh, somebody is going into what all the speech the tongue can do hmm. what a speech can do yes and uh, somebody uses that couplet from jaydeva yeah you know where uh, Oh dear tongue, you're sweet, and kind of extolling, uh, imploring the tongue to take to Namaskarana. Yes, like it, the sweetest is the Lord's name. Why don't you take that? Yeah, one important point he brings up over here. He says a reckless use of your tongue can grievously hurt others' hearts, and this reminded me of a story I just uh, read this evening. Uh, it's a story of uh, it's actually they say it's used in anger management uh, courses actually. Right. Okay. So they say they give the story of uh, a boy he he is like really helpless he he is given to these angry outbursts. So he comes to his father and says you know I want some way out of this. I he knows that he doesn't that anger is not good for him but how to get out of it, get out of it. So his father gives him a very simple uh, remedy. He says okay look out there there is this fence and what i want you to do is every single time that you get angry go and hammer a nail okay. into that fence so uh, this is what happens so he starts every time he gets angry he starts hammering a nail and uh, the first part is the fact that uh, as he keeps hammering the nails in bit by bit his uh, anger actually comes down mm-hmm. 
and one way of looking at it is like uh, we are again uh, this is what we are doing we are any inquiry is actually a look deep into ourselves right. look looking into back the source at ourselves and looking outside so what this boy was doing is becoming more and more aware that there is something called anger that you know and the more he is able to reflect on it the less and less he is given to angry outbursts so that's how and it there comes a stage when you know for two weeks he doesn't hammer a nail into the fence at all so then he comes to his father and he says father i get a sense that you know i may have conquered this anger i've not uh, needed to touch the fence at all so then his father says okay now come with me and he has him remove the nails now from mm-hmm. the fence and he says he gets him present to he makes him aware that after he removes the nail what remained in that fence there's a right. hole a dirty ugly looking <laughs> hole and he says the effect of your words is you drive a nail in people's heart and even when that nail is removed you still left a ugly hole in that heart so th- that's how the child gets present to the consequence of his anger yeah, i just reminded yeah. of a talk which i heard by dr suma of dantapur uh, campus you know hmm. she says this when swami says try to use that energy which comes out of anger in yeah. a productive way Yeah. So she was telling this, you know, she had this habit that every time she had any uh, angry encounter with somebody, hmm. she would go and mop the prayer hall. Okay. Like, you know, to to kind of exp- cool uh, expand that uh, energy, energy. Or, you know, okay. anger, the temper which comes. So she would, and I think it happened, I don't know how often, she would go and mop the, this one. So she felt that she was doing a good thing, you know, Swami would be happy with what she is doing. but hmm. in an interview swami very casually said you know she gets very angry and every time she goes and mops the prayer hall hmm. so she felt a little offended he said swami i am doing something which you have told us to do yeah but you know why are you saying like this why are you accusingly pointing out to that hmm. and she said that with a little bit of reflection she realized that it is good that you use uh, your anger in a productive way but actually what swami wants is that you should not get angry <laughs> so yeah. she was thinking that that lesson was meant as long as she was getting angry and she didn't know how to what to do with that anger correct but once she realized that part of the lesson swami now wanted her to look at ways of not getting angry at all precisely and in fact in uh, you know what follows next in the discourse he's giving us one uh, a technique kind of like where he talks uh, I mean, what 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 is one access for you to kind of get over anger so he says uh, you know if if somebody says for example you take the example of somebody saying hurting things about you mm-hmm. and if you were not around to hear it would you get affected likewise of course uh, if somebody praises you like if it, if you don't uh, hear it what effect will it have it have on you and in fact there's a zen koan a very uh, nice way of putting this mm-hmm. whole thing encapsulating it so they say if a tree falls in the forest and there is no one around to hear it <laughs> does it make a sound right <laughs> and this 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 is one uh, way of looking at it so so swami says even if you hear it right and you should be aware that the person who is causing the hurt to happen is you <laughs> you can as well you know in a sense not have the words have any effect on you you can like water off a duck's back <laughs> as they say so the reason who is generating that hurt is just us and uh, you know when swami was talking about how the tongue is the source of all kinds of calamities and the good things which happen you know hmm. there's another uh, quote which swami makes a sanskrit shloka which swami is quoted in, on in other discourses where he says you know 
जिह्वाग्रे वर्तते लक्ष्मी जिह्वाग्रे मित्र बांधव जिह्वाग्रे बंधनम प्राप्ति जिह्वाग्रे मरणम स्थिरम विच मीन्स इन द टिप ऑफ द टंग योर प्रॉस्पेरिटी लाइज इन द टिप ऑफ योर टंग your friendship and relationships lies beautiful in the tip of your tongue all your bondage lies in the tip of your tongue death is in waiting <laughs> that that's how powerful the tongue is as a really, sense it's organ. true you know every relation is made and broken made and broken yes with words and uh, yeah this uh, we are going to the you know like coming back to uh, within quotes anger management so swami is saying one thing he says like whenever you are shaken mm-hmm. by such feelings like what is the best way to kind of uh, deal with that kind of situation so he says that where the mistake lies is in identifying yourself with those feelings the feelings will arise but where do the feelings arise the feelings arise say in your brain they arise in that human body they arise in that individual and the mistake lies as always is in getting affected by that being one with that feeling we are identifying ourselves with that thought or with that feeling or being one with that feeling whereas we are not being one with our source which is the atma mm-hmm. so he says you have to keep uh, distinguishing for yourself that you are not your body that you are not the mind and who you are is the atma and the atma is not affected by any of uh, anything that happens to the body or the mind and in fact you know swami is dealing with this thing in in uh, two ways hmm. one is bad words coming by your way how do you respond to it yeah and the other is how to avoid doing that yeah also and in a, in another context swami says the tongue basically what it does is differentiate between good taste and bad taste right okay and when it sees that it is good it, uh, in another discourse swami says hmm. the tongue is so selfless right because what it finds tasty it immediately sends to the stomach stomach and tells <laughs> the stomach you know give it to the all parts of the body body and what is foul or what it feels is not uh, palatable hmm. it immediately spits out right and so i mean you know there's another beautiful padya where swami says oh, oh what a selfless one you are o tongue and, and all that <laughs> so swami says that the tongue which differentiate between good and bad taste also discriminate between good and bad words and yes. send out only what is good and pleasant beautiful beautiful so yeah. I, i i just getting from what uh, you were telling me about bad thoughts coming your way uh, it really i think it brought a lot of clarity as, as to what swami is saying that when you say your way and who you are totally distinguishes your right. reactions if you take yourself to be the body and the mind you will get affected right. and swami is saying if if you are established in the atma he says uh, i am neither the body nor the sense organs i am the ever blissful atma he says that is a stage at which you will not get affected right, by right. this you know what beautiful thing here is in the last discourse swami was when we listed out swami was giving 15 ways of controlling the senses okay <laughs> okay and one of the most stand out way what swami was saying was you can have complete control of your senses if you have equal mindedness if you have equipoise right so that's what swami is mentioning here that you know it is difficult to control the senses hmm. it is easier to have equipoise equipoise okay yeah. and then swami saying how do we get that equipoise hmm. that is by discriminating that you're not the sensor you're not the body yes that is the, the source atma. of that equipoise right. great and you know talking about uh, speaking words which are unpleasant i am reminded of one of my moral science teachers in school hmm. you know she had to deal with this young children learning swear words okay and you know you're learning to abuse uh, verbally uh, the other students yeah so she just you know like played a game she said you can say anything 
which you don't mind hearing from the other person <laughs> she said as long as you feel that when this is told to you you don't mind it you can tell it to the other person great fantastic and you know that was really such a practical way of solving that problem thank you hari it was quite an enjoyable session i think it's a lovely discourse this one because for people like us it has a lot of uh, anecdote content in it really i i must thank you because uh, it gave me the opportunity to, to reflect on uh, swami's uh, you know very very practical aspects of what swami right. talks and uh, in particular for me like when swami talked about this uh, aspect of anger it had a lot of personal elements <laughs> to me because i remember once in the interview room swami actually acted out how i would behave when i would get angry okay. he showed my mother and nothing made my mother more ex- ecstatic more <laughs> than to know that swami was beside her in trying to look after right, me so right. she had so, the company of swami to deal with your anger precisely <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's what swami's discourses does to you and, and that's what an exercise such as this does to us because swami says all knowledge is within when we listen to swami's discourse what it does is it just prods us to go within and unless we find what wisdom swami is giving within we will not actually make any use of it and it will not mean anything to us and that's what you're finding we've heard these things many many times before but now when we are looking within and we says you know chitta buddhi ahankara and this is what it means and this is the way you control anger this is how you speak well and speak politely it makes so much difference to us and dear listeners we hope that's what this program does to you because that's what spirituality is all about it's about going within it's about inquiry within and praying to swami that he helps us do this more and more sincerely this is prem from team radio sai and with me is brother hari shankar we offer our humble pranams to bhagwan's lotus feet and offer this humble effort of us to swami This is the end of this program we will continue with this discourse same time next week till then sairam sairam you just heard an episode of our radio series shravanam mananam nididhyasanam that is listen reflect and absorb this is a segment that is broadcast live on thursdays at 7:30 pm on asia stream of radio sai global harmony and this episode was hosted by radio sai's prem and hari shankar from the sri satya sai central trust today's episode was first broadcast live on 25th july 2013 the discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian culture and spirituality 1990 the clips played in this episode were from the discourse delivered on 23rd may 1990 to listen to the next part of this program tune in same time same day next week please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener at radiosai.org thank you and sairam from prashanti nilayam